Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Hillary Topper, who is a CEO, blogger, podcaster, adjunct professor, and the author of From Couch Potato to Endurance Athlete. Hillary, how are you doing? Thank you so much, Tim. I appreciate you having me on the show. Of course, of course. Thanks for coming on. And we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun. Sure. So I am, I used to be a workaholic. (laughs) And that's all I used to do. And at some point, when I turned 49, I started taking to running. And from there, I started to swim, bike and run. And I would say that those are my passions right now, because I absolutely love to swim, bike and run. Wow. You love cardio. <laughs> I do. It's and, and I don't just like to do it short. I like yeah. to go long. Ooh, could not be me. <laughs> <laughs> I love lifting weights. It's Fun to me. I'll even go sprint. Like I'll go run hills, but like long, drawn out, like slower cardio just kills me. <laughs> but more you gotta find the right running group. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, absolutely, absolutely. So tell us a bit more about what you do now. We have blogger, podcaster, CEO. Tell us about your professional life. Okay, so my professional. So I'm the CEO of HJMT Public Relations. We're a public relations and social media marketing firm. And we've been around, oh my goodness, it's got to be like over 31 years. And so that's what that's my professional, my profession. And I started blogging back in 2008, 2009. I have a Hillary which is a travel entertainment lifestyle blog. I just write about everything from like somebody, you know, I go out to dinner and somebody flashes their camera, you know, at me, the, the light into my eye and I'm ready to like (laughs) have a fight with them to, um, you know, going to 21 pilot concert and, and reviewing that. Um, You know, I uh, just came back from Spain and Portugal. So I just did a series of blogs about that. So that's on my Hillary Topper blog. And then I have an A triathletes diary com blog, which I started in 2011. What happened was I originally was, you know, I started, I never ran a day in my life. And I just decided at 48, 49, I needed to change my life. Like my, I was getting fat, I was turning 50. And I was like, Oh, my God, I'm going to end up like my mother, you know, I'm going to be like this, you know, 300 pounds person that like doesn't do anything. So 
I decided to join a gym and I joined New York sports club and the, you know, and I hired a trainer and the trainer says to me, go on the treadmill and warm up while, you know, I get everything ready upstairs. So I'm like, okay. And I go over to the treadmill and I absolutely have no clue how to turn this thing on. And start asking people who are running. Now I'm like, excuse me, you know, while somebody's like, on the treadmill running. Uh, I don't know how to turn this on. That's hilarious. <laughs> but, yeah, but 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 you know, I was showed and I learned and I started slowly running on the treadmill and then I took it outside. And the thing about it was that I started documenting my journey from the time that I went to the gym for the first time. And I had this the blog was originally a runner's diary and then it morphed into a triathlete's diary. Once I started getting into triathlons, which was um, several years later, Um, my friend who I was running all these different events with, she said to me, I'm done with all of these running events. I don't want to do this anymore, especially after we had done Brooklyn Brooklyn half. So we both signed up for this triathlon in Florida. And um, it's the rest is history, we had to learn to swim, bike and run (laughs) all over again. Yeah, yeah, man, that is amazing. And so do you blog? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Is it I blog every day? Um, I have Yeah, so I blog twice a week on hillarytopper.com and twice a week on a triathletes diary.com. And a triathletes diary not only documents my journey, but it also um, like, I just got a bunch of pairs of um, sketchers sneakers, you know, so I have to review those to um, books on running or triathlon. Like I've got tons of stuff I've got to review, Um, you know, and then I'll do race experiences and stuff like that, like all different types of things. Sometimes, you know, people will come on and they'll talk about uh, strength training, you know, for triathletes or so it's, it's just, it's very eclectic, I guess you would say. Um, and you know, and then I also have this podcast and that runs once a week on Fridays. That's Hillary Topper on air. So I've got five days a week and then my HJMT blog, which I don't write, thankfully, Lisa writes that and that runs once a week on Saturday. So we're actually sending it, putting out content six days a week. Mm. Mm. It's a lot. That is a lot. (laughs) <laughs> especially like long form written content. Like it'd be different if it was like one TikTok, one 30 second video um, every yeah, day. I mean, I do that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Of course. <laughs> but um, yeah. I've been really form- liking be real lately. That's my, uh, I- I've been, I've been having a lot of fun with that one. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. The long form blog content so frequently. That's impressive. That's impressive for sure. Thank you. Well, awesome. Tell us a bit more about your motivation. What really gets you up and keeps you going every day? You know, so in the beginning, it was really tough, right, to get myself going because, you know, it's cold outside or if it's raining outside, you just, you don't want to go. But 
now it's almost like a habit. Like I, I have to do it because if I don't do it, I don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't physically feel good unless I, I do something in the morning. And um, the last like couple of days I've been doing it in the evening, which is unusual for me. Cause I'm usually like, you know, I'm up at four. I usually kind of get the day done. What time do you go to sleep if you're up at four? I go to sleep really early. I am such a, like a nerd, you know, <laughs> my poor husband. <laughs> Cause he's, you know, he likes to stay up late. He likes to, you know, have a couple of drinks. I'm like, no, no, I can't drink. I have to go to bed. I have yeah. to get up early. <laughs> I'm like such an old person. Are you, when you say early, are you talking like 9 PM, 8 PM? Yeah. I mean, there are days that I will go to bed, like like to today after we meet, I might just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that is epic. And are you on the East Coast or are you in Central? I am. Oh, you're on the East Coast. Okay. Yeah. So seven. Seven's not too bad. It's still kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. So sorry, I got caught up um, being shocked that you wake up at 4 a.m. So what gets you up and keeps you going? It's just the habit and the discipline. It's a habit at this point. You know, um, I know I know when I get finished with a workout or when I'm doing a workout, like say I'm going swimming, I know that I'm going to feel so amazing afterwards. And that's the driving factor. What about knowing that you're going to feel so bad? doing it (laughs) (laughs) well i don't really think of that you know i i think of i just take it moment by moment you know what i mean first of all i mean i just from someone who never knew how to swim i you know i'm now pretty you know i'm not saying i'm fast but i am an endurance swimmer um i just did a 5k over the summer in Detroit, which was amazing. And last summer I did a 5.5 plus plus mile uh, swim from um, from Fire Island to Bayshore, which is the ferry route. And my I recruited my son to be my kayaker now, you know, so, so for me, I, I wasn't a swimmer. I wasn't, I, I didn't, I doggy paddled at best. I could float. I could doggy paddle, but that was pretty much it. I mean, do a little bit of backstroke, maybe a little bit, you know, but that's it. Like I would never put my face in the water. And now I'm doing these like crazy events that are just so I found them like exhilarating, you know, it's just, to me, it's like exciting. Um, so I recruited my son as a kayaker and I didn't realize that he only kayaked a little bit like in a pond in a little blow up thing. I mean, there's no current or anything. So here I'm putting him into like an ocean situation on a kayak that we borrowed from somebody. He had never used this. And when the current came, it swept him off. And I was following him by swimming. He was like my 
supposed to be my eyes, right? Yeah. Following the, so I was following him. So the two of us were so off course, we're at least a mile or so off course that the volunteers had to come and get us and direct us back to the actual course. So it took me four hours of swimming, continuous swimming to get from point A to point B. And it was probably more like seven miles instead of 5.5 miles. But in the middle of it, the weirdest thing happened. I have a Garmin, um, you know, watch. And all of a sudden, the Garmin went dead. It was like the weirdest thing. Nothing. It was almost like, like time stopped for like 20 minutes or a half hour or whatever it was. So I had no idea where I was, how much time I had spent. And when I came back to look at the watch, it said I was only out there for like two hours. And the guy was like, no, you're out here for three and a half hours already. <laughs> wow. So, so, I, so I was the last one in and I did get a trophy as for best endurance. There we go. Um, and I got a lot of cheers from all the volunteers and boaters out there because all the boaters were following me in. I was the last swimmer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I feel like that because that, that can be really dangerous if you just get too fatigued out there in the middle of the ocean, right? Yeah. It, it definitely, it's, it's definitely, um, that's why you, you go with, with somebody like a spotter, you know, um, the one that I did in uh, Detroit was in lakes and every mile they had a rest stop, you know, so they had people kayaking and, you know, on stand up, you know, paddle boards and stuff, just watching the swimmers. But if you needed a break after every mile, you could take a break. Um, with this, my son was handing me, you know, um, uh, uh, gels and um, you know and water <laughs> passing it back and forth I'd stop for a second you know just to yeah. give him it was just so funny and this, you know and he he loved it it was a great experience for both of us I mean he just was smile like I saw him smile at me and just my 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 whole being just melted it just was it felt so good yeah I love to that. do it with him such a great story. Such a great story. Thank you. Well, awesome. Now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. So tell us a little bit about your vision for your life, your company, and just all your cardio that you're going to do going forward. So I have tried four times to do a half Ironman. And every time that I'm just about there, something happens. Now, somebody would say, well, maybe it's meant to be that you don't do a half Ironman, but that's one of my goals. I would like to do, I've done a half Ironman on as an aqua bike, but not as a swim bike run. Um, so that's what I would like to, to do. That's one of my goals. Um, and, you know, I guess just be happy and share my knowledge with other people. I mean, the thing about my book is I wrote it not really not to write about my story and my documenting my story. 
I wrote it so that people would get inspired and motivated and feel like, you know what, if that girl could do it, I could do it. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are or how heavy you are. We come in all different shapes and sizes, right? Like you not not every triathlete or swimmer or cyclist or runner even is, you know, thin, svelte. That, you know, we come in all different sizes and, and, you know, just that you can accept yourself, you know, and that's, I think that for me is really important because it took me a really long time. And I really want to help other people learn that it's okay, you know, that you, you can do this. Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that. And what are the top one to two skills that you need to develop? personally, that you personally need to develop to be able to share your knowledge to the extent that you want and do that half Ironman? Do you feel like you're prepped for the half Ironman already? Yeah, I do. I think I'm prepped for it. I, I do need to get a little faster on everything, but that'll come. It, it, I'm, I'm not, I'm really not worried about it. You know, what I've done is I've constantly furthered my education, like, you know, from my professional career, I ended up getting a master's degree, you know, like I'm, I'm constantly reading and learning about, you know, digital marketing and PR and that type of thing, you know, for my triathlon journey, it's the same thing. You know, I went out, I got my USA triathlon coaching certification. I'm a level one uh, coach and I also am a running coach through Roadrunners Club of America. And, you know, so I, I have these certifications and, you know, I could share my knowledge with somebody and I could get somebody to do a half Ironman or even a full Ironman. I mean, I have, you know, definitely can help. And that's, and I do, I have, I have clients who I work with now who are, you know, who are training for these, you know, for these types of events. And I'm, I'm definitely able to get them there. It's just, it's just, you know, getting myself there. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I love that. And so do you also coach people to be yeah. athletes? Gotcha. We let, I, Maybe I didn't hear that or we left that out. But We left it out. Yeah, we left that out. I mean, yes, I do. I actually have, um, I have a We Are Endurance triathlon team. It's an in, a international team of uh, endurance athletes, you know, triathletes, um, cyclists, runners, swimmers, you know, from all over the country, all over the world, actually, I have a couple in, um, you know, in different countries. And every, you know, during the season, I have, um, I provide education, like we'll have webinars um, on, you know, strength training or webinars on how to get faster on the bike or um, how to do the run walk method or, you know, stuff like that. And, and people will, I'll get speakers or I'll recruit people from within the group to give, you know, a peer to peer type of webinar. And then I also have a running group. It's a run walk group and we meet once a week, um, usually on a Sunday and we run at different parks and it's, 
in, pretty incredible. They're a great group of people, you know, and it's just very motivational, you know, to have that group, you know, to have that community. Gotcha. I love that. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well, these next questions might be a little redundant, but I bet you'll have some quick answers. Uh, what are the highest impact daily actions that will kind of tick the needle forward for your dreams and goals right now? Well, just doing what I'm doing. I mean, I think the most important thing, if anybody, you know, wants to do a triathlon is, or even any kind of an event is to just be consistent. You know, that's the one thing I find that, you know, when I'm coaching, a lot of my athletes aren't as consistent as I'd like them to be. I'm very consistent, you know, with myself. So I'd like others to be that way, but I have to kind of relax and say, you know what, everybody's different. We'll, we all get there, you know, it's just, we get there different ways. For those of you who are just listening and you're not watching this on YouTube, Hillary's face got extremely serious when she said, I'm very consistent. <laughs> so we know that she is extremely consistent. And I think that is such an admirable trait. Can you talk to us about consistency? Were you always an extremely consistent person? How did you build that if you weren't? Just tell us I about it. I think I always was. You know, the prop, you know, the thing for, for me is that when I was growing up, right, like I wasn't really encouraged in school and I really wasn't encouraged by my family. Like I didn't have that encouragement. You know, my my parents felt like, you know, what do you need to go to college for? You're a girl, you know, get a job as a secretary, get married. You know, somebody will take care of you. You know, I mean, you know, and I was like, no, I, I'm not going to do that. You know, so anytime when somebody put me down or told me, that I should do something, it motivated me to do something else, you know, and I still and it was, it was funny, because I was actually I go to Weight Watchers too. And this woman at Weight Watchers said the same thing, you know, an older woman, much older than me. And she said, you know, the, the rebel in me comes out, you know, when somebody says, you can't do that. I want to do that, she <laughs> says to me, you know, so, but, you know, the thing of it is, is that, um, by being put down like that, like by always, you know, people not encouraging, I had to find it within myself. And I remember my grandfather said to me once, just shoot for the stars. And I would think to myself, like, how can I do that? Like, I'm from, you know, lower, you know, lower class family, my parents were working, you know, just like working people, like we never had enough money for anything. It was always like a big issue in the house. My parents were always fighting. It was, it was just a lot of negativity. And I was like, you know, how can I shoot for the stars? How can I, how can I, become a positive person if I'm, I'm surrounded by negativity all the time. And so I had to kind of find it from within me, you know, from within me to like, say, you know what, I, I, I need to, I am grateful for, for the things that have happened to me in my life. They've led me down this path and I am grateful, you know, and that, and so I don't know, I did a roundabout answer there. Yeah. Yeah. So you are always consistent because you needed to be because you didn't have that support and encouragement, but gratitude kind of reinforced consistency throughout your life. I, I really, I do believe that. Like I, you know, I think that, you know, just being grateful for what I, 
what I have, what I've had, you know, even if I didn't have much, it, it took me on that path to something better. You know, I knew that I was not going to be like my parents. I was not going to be struggling all the time for money. You know, I just, I, I wasn't going to go there. You know, I didn't want to be that person. And so I worked really hard. I worked, you know, I put myself through school, you know, worked full time, went to school at night, you know, the, the normal, <laughs> normal kids, what normal <laughs> kids do, not all kids, but you know, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and, and, you know, but that's what I did. And I worked full time all the time. And that's, that's how I, you know, I, 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 so, so I always had that drive in me to, to go that extra mile because I knew that was my motivation. My motivation was not to be like them, you know, and I didn't want to, and I didn't want to melt away like them. I, you know, they ended up, my mother passed away really early in her life. And um, she just, she didn't take care of herself, you know? So. Yeah, I gotcha. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you, get to that half Iron Man or get the word out there about the message you want to spread, the knowledge you want to spread, who would that person be and how would they help you? Well, people like you, Tim, you know, in, you know, with the show, uh, living the dream. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's people that I meet along the path who will help me get the word out that, you know, no matter how old you are, how big you are, whatever you are, you know, whatever you can do this. It doesn't matter. Nobody cares. You could do this. You've got to reach within yourself. And, you know, it's people like you who will help me get that message out. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And now we're going to jump into our thriving three. First question is what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. <laughs> I think I mentioned that living the dream was one. Um, I I also um, I know it's not a movie or something, but I do love Survivor. I'm like mm. a big Survivor fan. I just love it. I love that show. I think I've just been watching it every single season since it's been on, and it's just I, I like reality shows, like especially that you know because they it's put in a situation where they you know, they just have to figure out how to get through this and yeah. win that money. Is there a part of you that wants to be on Survivor? You know, it's funny because my daughter's friends had asked if I, you know, if I would apply for the show and I'm like, no way. I mean, yes, there's a part of me that would want to be on it. But honestly, I don't think I can go without the food and <laughs> do that. <laughs> I'm I got very you. cranky. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, awesome. The next questions in our thriving three are what's one way you like to care for yourself? I assume it's cardio, running, swimming. You like know, I would say that it's probably doing like a massage. Oh. And meditation. Like when I med I do try to meditate. I try to meditate every day. It doesn't always happen. But I just want to take like 10 minutes out just to sit there and just unwind my mind. And I feel so much better when I do that. 
Yeah. And massage and going into a hot bath that has Epsom salt is wonderful. There we go. I guess it would be (laughs) self-care. I love it. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet more people like me that will help you spread your message? Wow. That's, you know, I think it's just people word of mouth, you know, like, you know, you might know somebody or, you know, who needs this or that type of thing. It's just trying to get out there, you know, go to libraries, go to on book tours. And I've been doing a lot of book tours. I've been going to a ton of Barnes and Nobles and um, some independent bookstores, you know, giving book talks on the book, reading a chapter. And that's been really helpful too. And I'm meeting people along the way who are just totally blowing my minds, like so inspiring to me. Like I meet people like you and I'm like, oh, this guy is amazing. Like you just can tell, like you just, you start talking to people and you feel really good about them. And those types of people you want in your life. You want to keep those positive people around. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we got a couple more questions for you. And these questions, I didn't really send them beforehand. They can get a little personal. So if you don't want to answer them, just be like, I'm going to pass. That's totally fine because I didn't send them beforehand. Um, And the first one is, what is one limiting belief that continues to pop up in your life, if any? Oh, that's, that's a good question. Yeah, I think, and I think this happens to a lot of people, is that we have negative, we have like a negative head. I'll give you an example. I go, so I went to Spain and Portugal with my husband and then my son decided he wanted to join us. It was really cute. So the three of us went and we just came back um, a couple of days ago. And while we were there, it's a lot, a lot of walking and it's a lot of uphills, like steep, steep uphills and steep, steep downhills and a lot of stairs up, down, up, down. And my knee's been really, you know, kind of not so great. You know, I, I had meniscus surgery last October and it's been a year, but it's still giving me issues. So in my head, and they're like flying up the, you know, up and down the stairs. And in my head, I'm saying to myself, what am I, what is wrong with me? Am I a loser? You know, like that I can't keep up with them, you know? So it's, these, these like negative things that you think about, like during a race, you know, oh, I can't do this. I'm no good. I'm not as good as everybody else, you know, so you get that. And, you know, then you need positive people like my son who says to me, mom, don't ever say that about yourself. You're not a loser. You're an amazing person. And I'm so proud of you every day. Like, you know, somebody like that, that, that kind of takes you out of it or, you say to yourself, no, I'm not going to, I'm going to wipe that away and I'm going to move forward and not, not have that thought in my head. And we all, we all have those thoughts. Oh yeah, for sure. Where do you think those thoughts come from for you? Well, for me, it definitely came from my childhood. Like I definitely was put down a lot, like by my teachers, you know, by my parents, 
you know, so it just comes back to me. It's just something that I'm fighting all the time. You know, like my mother always felt like we weren't good enough, you know, like everybody else was better than we were, you know? And my teachers, I remember I used to have this like huge woman who was my English teacher and she was such a nasty person. And she, (laughs) she loved the guys, but she didn't like the girls. I mean, and so for me, she just was like, you're never going to amount to anything, you know, and having her in my life, you know, even though she was such a terrible person, it actually helped me because I go for my master's degree. And I'm like, screw you. I could, you know, I become a CEO of my own company and I grow the company to, you know, a big, you know, I had a very big company a few years back. I had about 25 people working for me. And I said, you know, screw you, you know, I could do this. So that's my, yeah. There we go. There we go. I love it. Do you have any actions like to this day that you may do on a daily basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, sporadically, whatever it may be, that reinforce some of these negative beliefs that come to your head, that kind of the actions stem from the negative beliefs, if you're picking up what I'm putting. Well, so what I do is before I'm in, you know, I do kind of feel a little nervous, you know, when I go into like a big networking situation, like I feel or, you know, I teach a class and that first day of class, I always get nervous, you know, that I'm teaching and you know, will the kids like me, you know, will they, you know, how, how are they going to respond to me? You know? So what I do, and this may sound like a little bit crazy, but I do a self-talk. I, I like coach myself and I do that. Like sometimes even on the bike, like I'm doing interval training and I'll start coaching myself. You know, you could do this. You got this. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. that's what I do. And I, I coach myself like before I stand up in front of the class or before I go into a network. You're good at what you do. You got this. I love it. I love it. And so before you even let yourself get to the point of acting based on those thoughts, you start to coach yourself. So you act based on different thoughts. Correct. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. If you were to change those thoughts um, that you have when they pop up, some of the negative thoughts to more of an abundant phrase that speaks to your heart? What are some of the things that you say to yourself when you coach yourself? I know you already gave us some examples, but um, if you could elaborate a bit more, that'd be great. You know, I'll, I mean, it, it depends on the situation. Um, you know, I, I mean, even like the title of my book, I I write a portrait of a non-athletic triathlete and somebody, you know, called me out on it and they're like, you're athletic. What do you mean you're non-athletic triathlete? You know? Um, So I think that I will say things like, you know, not only you got this, but you're good. You're good you're strong, you're beautiful, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not buying into this like old thing, you know, like, yes, I'm older, but I'm not buying into that age is a number, right? Like, I'm not, that's not gonna define who I am. Yeah. You know, so I just try to 
take a breath in and just think about good things that I do and, you know, that I'm, I'm a caring person. I'm, you know, people like me, people want to be with me, you know, I'm positive, I'm upbeat, you know, I can, I can, I can, I could ride faster than 15 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. And where did you learn to um, kind of catch your thoughts, change them, and then act based off of better thoughts? I don't know. I don't know if it's, you know, I don't know if it just came with time. I mean, I did go to therapy. I'll, I mean, I admit that. And I'm still going to therapy. I've been seeing this woman since I'm like 20 years old. I mean, this is a long time that I've, you know, been talking to this woman. But it helps me because it, it helps me to release things, you know, and get them off my chest and, you know, and then send them on their way. Um, I used to just hold things in. And that was really not a good thing to do, especially if I was like upset with somebody or somebody did something. And then I'm not really good at confrontation. So I would hold it back and then I would get angry. And, you know, it was just, it just didn't work. That ain't it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we got one last question for you. And I want to frame this next question. Alex Hormozy said that the difference between manipulation and help is intent. Like in both scenarios, you're influencing people, but the intent is a little bit different. Um, so there's a common saying that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. I actually found out from Dr. Alan Laika, who was a guest on the show, that you can make a horse drink. You just have to salt its oats. Now. I want you to think about a person with a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change, but they also hate their life. So they're not content where they are. They really don't like where they are. How can we, you and I, create an environment to salt their oats and help them change their life? You know, that's a really good question. And that's a tough one. I really think that People need to want to help themselves. Um, I think if somebody is really negative, and I know a lot of these people, I know a lot of these people, and they are very negative, and that negativity just draws bad things to them. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like what you're putting out in the universe. And so I, you know, as much as you can tell them and, you know, I know my brother like goes through this too. I, I don't know. He probably won't listen to this. So it's okay that I could talk to him, <laughs> <laughs> but he does get like negative and, you know, I don't know. It's very difficult for me, you know, to coach him, to make him feel good about himself, you know, and I try but it becomes it's it it almost becomes um detrimental to myself sometimes you know when when certain not just him but like there's other people in my life who are very negative and they talk about the same thing all the time and they just you can't seem to get through to them 
So I don't know. I'm not really sure how to answer that question. I mean, that's a good question. I wish I knew the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's really got to be from in within that person. I I don't I think and I think people are happy being unhappy. Mm. You know, I think I think my mother was like that. Like she was always unhappy. So, but she liked it. Like she threw it. She thrived on that. Yeah. And that's not healthy. You know, it's not healthy, and it's it's not gonna it's not going to give you a good life. Like you just need to, you know, get out there and be with people who are positive and try to shed that. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. That, that is one of the harsh realities. I'm going to, I'm going to probe a little bit more here. So before on the podcast, I used to ask people, um, what do you think the catalyst is? for people um, who have a fixed mindset switching to more of a growth mindset. And almost everybody would say, um, one, you got to have a personal choice. And two, you got to have either some, some outside catalyst of either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you think there's any way we can jolt extreme inspiration or extreme desperation into an environment consistently to help people make that personal choice? Or do you think wow. there aren't um, realistic ways to do that? Like, for example, I can think of taking somebody to a Tony Robbins event, but you can't have them at a Tony Robbins event every day for the whole year because he only holds so many events, you know? So I'm, tr- I'm just trying to think through ideas that we can do that in our everyday life of like either inspire people or show them their desperation of like, if you keep living like this, you only have a year to live. Are you okay with that? Stuff like that. So No, I totally get it. I mean... You know, I think that that was one of the reasons why I wrote the book was because I wanted, I really wanted people to know that it's okay. You don't, you know, there are so many people out there who feel like if I'm a runner, I have to be a five minute mile runner, right? Like I, I can't, I can't be a 15 minute mile runner. You know, but who says you can't, right? Like, and I think that was that, I guess that was my driving factor was that all the books that I was reading for my podcast were all about these elite runners or middle of the pack or runners, but nothing about the back of the pack of runners. Those people who are, you know, just, I mean, it's taking them, you know, it takes, you can finish an Ironman in 18 hours or 1730 or whatever it is, 17 hours, 30 minutes. And they just get there in the nick of time, or they may not even make it to the cutoff, but they just continue to go on their route. Those people inspire me. And I'm hoping that through this book, you know, from Couch Potato to Endurance Athlete, that I can get people to change their mindset about changing their lives because if you want to do it, you could do it. You got to just want that. You've got to see that other people are doing it that, you know, 
maybe aren't, you know, I, you look at my body. Uh, I'm, I don't look like a traditional athlete, but I'm doing it, you know, and if, if people can see that, I'm hoping that that inspires people. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Hillary, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate your time. And these were some <laughs> great questions. <laughs> of course. Happy to ask them. Do you have anything else that you want to chat about before we sign off? Well, I'm going to be doing a bunch of book tours around the country. I just did a, like about 10 of them and I have a bunch coming up. I have one in New Jersey. Um, that's on the 22nd of the month. And then I have one in Austin um, in December. And hey, I'm in um, Austin doing a bunch are you in austin i'm in austin no well you're coming to my book tour <laughs> there we go and you said it was in december this uh yeah it's um no i actually it's november 30th i believe i'm gonna put you on my mailing list and start <laughs> sending you information about it so you have no choice but to come there so i'm gonna be in austin i think it's november 30th it's uh six o'clock at night in austin um, and then I'm going to be in um, Denver and Boulder um, in November um, and then Sarasota and Tampa in January. So I've got like a lot coming up, but you can find out my tour dates on atriathletesdiary.com backslash endurance book. Um, if you go to the book section of my website, you'll see it. And so all my tour dates are there and what else? And you can get the book either by Barnes and Nobles, Amazon, or I also have an audio version of the book for those of you who may or may not love to read. You know, a lot of people like to just listen to books. So I made an audio version and you'll hear me crying. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So that's, so that's, um, so that's, yeah. So it's a triathletes diary.com and um, you can find me on every social um, on everything really at Hillary Topper. There we go. There we go. Well, Hillary, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Tim. I appreciate oh, it. And if you guys are listening to this and you love what Hillary had to say, make sure you watch out for her tours, make sure to grab a book, leave a review and buy one for a friend and then send it to them. Thank you guys for watching the show. We will see you on the next one and we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.